Hello and welcome to Recovery, where East meets West, and we learn through Buddhism and psychology how to deal with mental health and health issues. And now for your host, Dr. Tyler Woods and Sharon Francis. Hi, I'm Tyler Woods. And I'm Sharon Francis. And welcome to Recovery, where we learn about Buddhist psychology and mental health. You know, today we're going to focus on something I see in my practice way, way too often, and that's um, anger. Now, anger is the mind that wishes to harm and hurt. Patience is a mind that holds back from harming or hurting. Anger is the most difficult, I think, to deal with. Patience is the most difficult to develop. I want to just say that we need to work on the anger. You know, it's not a surprise to learn that 64% of us say that the world's becoming an angrier place, and no. more than one in four people say that they worry about how angry they sometimes feel. Yeah. Anger can be a good thing. It could give you a way to express your negative feelings, for example, or motivate you to find a solution to a problem, but excessive anger can cause so many problems. It can increase your blood pressure and your cortisol levels, which is extremely harmful to the physical body. It can make it difficult for you to think straight and put yourself in harm's way um, by being impulsive or, or not making good decisions. It's just not a healthy space to be in. You know, this reminds me of a story that I think, I think what really got me into compassion was trying to um, work on an ang angry. Um, I want to share a story, and that's this summer. A person sent me this letter. She was name calling me, and she said she found me offensive, and stated that the you know I was just arrogant and non spiritual. She called me a series of names, and then told me of the people that I hated. She named them, and in that very moment, I learned how not to react to someone whose intent was to cause harm or create anger. That was my first step into really coming to terms how Buddhism really could teach me compassion. And rather than being upset and angry, I instantly had compassion for her. In Buddhist tradition, it's taught that the antidote to anger is loving kindness and yes. compassion. Mm -hmm. If you're angry with someone, you hold them in your heart with compassion. And if you're angry with yourself, do the same. But because you sometimes get swept away by anger, you forget your intention to respond with loving kindness and compassion. It's just not always the easiest thing to do. It's not, but you know, again, this is where I say there's a difference between a practice and a discipline. And this is where I had to be disciplined. And I get that discipline because I listen to and I pay attention to Buddhist teachings which often align with real traditional psychotherapy and psychiatry. Anger teaches us directly um, how easy it is to be misunderstood. Um, and it can often be misunderstood in our Buddhist practice, causing us to suppress it and make ourselves more ill. Um, we kind of feel uneasy and off balance. So I think it's important to talk about this. Psychotherapy can be helpful as well. Learning to understand the casual chain of anger's arising, as well as the undesirable destructive outflows of anger and its malicious cousin hatred, huh. can help us strengthen our will to intelligently control it. 
These two poisons are the basic conflicting forces within us, attachment and aversion. Yeah, I love that it says that um, hate is the ang the cousin of anger. And it really does. The malicious cousin. The malicious one at <laughs> that, yeah. So as far as Buddhist psychology, recognizing, recognizing it and acknowledgement of anger is the first step of dealing with anger. Basically, mindfulness is the teaching of the Buddha. And that helps us manage our anger by being aware that it does exist and we need patience. And you know, Buddhism is all about patience and tolerance. And if we have that, we could cease our anger. In Buddhism, um, patience is one of the foundations of attaining enlightenment. No kidding. And anger can best be avoided through the practice of patience. Having patience means also having tolerance. Um, some of the things that we do on a daily basis test our patients. We get in the longest line at the ATM on the weekend or at the, at the airport, you know, we're, we're in the longest line and we hate to wait for oh, anything. And we're running late. Oh yeah, but we want something. immediate gratification, you know. These are all the delusions that our mind creates. Or we want to get to our destination, we want to get there five minutes ago, so we get angry and then we create road rage. And then we put up our own barriers to getting there, so the anger actually is an, another impediment to the the ultimate goal that we're trying to attain because it it creates other barriers, if you know what I mean. I For instance, know if you, you approach a clerk in an angry manner, I can tell you right now, you're not going to get your needs met as no. well as if you approach in a kind and, and you know patient manner. So the thought is then, how do we get to get in a place where we can approach the clerk um, with compassion and kindness. And I say that's one of the biggest reasons that we should do meditation and reflection. I think it's the most effective way that we can manage our anger because when you meditate, I have to tell you, anger stops there, period. Meditation needs patience and um, effort and continued practice. It does not produce sudden changes. That They promise you this, there will be noticeable results after months and even years of dedication and practicing it. It would be good if you have anger to stay away from the triggers of your anger, but for most of us that's not possible because right. the things that trigger our anger you know, occur in a daily basis. A situation that made you angry shouldn't be pursued or ignored, really, but just acknowledged, and um, then you put your spiritual practice into play and use your tools to overcome your anger. Now, I, I, I know that Sharon and I have agreed not to get political on the show. However, I have to say this, and that's in today's world, and we have to cover this. Politics seem to be the reason why people are getting more and more angry. Now, let's talk about that just briefly. They say that anger is very important for correcting social injustice and that without anger we wouldn't have civil rights movement or without anger we would be against child abuse. But again, here's my question. Do we need to be angry in order to correct injustice? Do we need to say out loud and scream and yell on Facebook or in person? Do we need to say things like, I don't like who's in the White House? Is that the only motivation that can bring about change, that we need to be hateful and angry? 
No, I actually think compassion is a much stronger motivation yes. uh, to bring about change and, 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 and an intervention in bad situations. Because when you're angry, you're not thinking clearly. You don't take the opportunity to think whether you're communicating well. Um, you often put up your own roadblocks and you see that injustice and get angry and your actions um, don't really help the situation. They actually make it worse because mm -hmm. people don't want to align with you because of the way you present. So mm -hmm. I don't think anger is a solution to societal injustice. Compassion would take us much further. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, people want to justify their anger rather than using a positive solution for all that we can do is hope for peace and change. I mean, that's really all that we can do is work on our own spiritual practice and encourage other people to do the same thing. Yeah, and just be careful because, you know, for me, I, I get that when I encourage people to stop and to use more compassion rather than hate, um, I get called names, I get uh, yelled at, I get unfriended on Facebook. And that's really because people desire their anger. They feel that they need to be angry to make changes, but true change really does come from compassion. Yeah, I think Nelson Mandela would have been a, a great uh, example yeah. of that, right? No kidding. Anger destroys trust. It contributes to our sense of guilt and self-hatred. So you're not only hurting other people, but you're hurting yourself. No kidding. Um, we feel bad after we're angry. Mm -hmm. Rather than giving us more self-confidence, it contributes to a sense of guilt and self-hatred. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, you say things to people um, where you're out of control and then you start to dislike yourself, you go into this downward spiral of low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't serve anybody. No, and, it, and, then, and then we go into this whole thing where uh, we apologize over and over for the same things. Right. You know, I apologize for my anger, I apologize, and we actually start this vicious triangle. And it pushes people away. Yeah. People don't want to be oh around people that are angry. So here's the thing. When you start feeling like you're going to get angry, don't nourish it. Stop feeding the anger. My uh, teacher and healer once told me that um, anger is like a dragon and that either you can give the dragon your negative thoughts or your positive thoughts. And so she said, feed your dragon. And so when I'm going to get angry, I begin to feed this imaginary dragon within me um, because I don't want my dragon to starve but I don't want to feed it my good thoughts. So it's just one of those ways that I work on um, ways to get rid of my anger. Because I get this, anger needs to be defeated before it empowers you. Not to be able to control your anger may result in emotional devastation, physical loss of property, actually irreversible loss of lives. Well, just like the person who wanted you to hate people that you had no desire to hate just mm. to justify her own anger towards her own self. Exactly, yeah. And my thing is, is I hope that one day that this experience, maybe she'll look back and, uh, and that'll be the beginning of her self-compassion towards herself and others. You know, I would rather let anger be my teacher than my leader. Yes, and I think the next time you're starting to feel angry, acknowledge the anger, you know. Say to yourself, feelings of anger are arising in me due to my deluded thoughts. 
or my, my selfish thoughts or whatever the thoughts are that are driving mm -hmm. the delusion of anger because you know that's not the natural state of your mind your mind does not want to feel angry and there's that fine line between anger and its little cousin hate that's right that's well right. we're not going to feed that beast we are not going to feed hate so i hope this helps you in many different ways about anger i hope that it helps you with domestic violence and i hope that it helps you in things like the political hoo-ha that's going around or i hope it helps you with your family and personal anger or personal anger with friends we don't have to be anger I agree completely, Tyler. And you can control your, your thoughts and feelings and improve your own mental health. You have the capacity within you to do so. And I love that Buddhism has chosen to tell me it's a choice. And speaking of choice, we're choosing to let you go for now. So this is Tyler Wood saying walk in peace. And this is Sharon Francis saying don't forget to breathe.